You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You are tuned in to Unapologetic, and I am Stacy Smith. Thank you guys for joining us. Happy Thursday. It's the end of the week, so if you guys, you know, have been working really hard this week, you got one more day, unless, you know, you're a part of the group that has to work on the weekend, so I'm sorry. But, hey, at least you're getting paid, right? All right, so, hey, there it is. I'm also joined by my wonderful co-host who's with me every week. Mr. Mm-hmm. Rayshawn Payne. And one of those people she talking about had to be up on Saturday. Yeah, so needless but, to say, I ain't really. When people say, have a great weekend, I work. So, I know it sucks, right? Yes. I well, know. I mean, you know what? Working on Saturday ain't the worst part. Getting up. Right. I was going to say, working on a Saturday is not that bad. Right. It's, like you said, having to get up. up. Especially, you know, if you want to hang out on Friday night. Now, see, this is one of the little things I'm about to tell y'all about me. One of my little quirks. As a kid, always what I look forward to every week was to stay up late on Friday. Because I knew I had to go to work or, no, school, rather, on Saturday. Right. So I just knew Friday was my late day to hang out. So every Friday night as a kid, I'm like, I'm staying up late because I know I ain't got to get up in the morning. And, you know, old habits die hard. So no matter what time I got to get up on Saturday, I get up at 6 a.m. on Saturday. I'm still staying up late on Friday night. Okay, so do you come home and crash, like, when you get off of work? On Saturday? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You just go to your closest fast food, <laughs> drive through, pick up something. Oh, and it's over. Oh, okay. Don't call me. All right, all right. Well, let's hop right into let's our celebrity it. and entertainment news because that's what we do here on Unapologetic. So the juice is loose, guys. In case you've been under a rock, Mr. O.J. Simpson is out. And he's actually... Living in a really nice, massive Las Vegas mansion right now, so he he's 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 doing okay. pretty pretty good right now. No, no, no. Do, uh, what what is the media's obsession really with OJ Simpson at this point? The man is what ninety one years old. Stop it! I'm just saying it's like it's not. I mean, he really... has a fascinating story. I mean, come on. I mean, first of all. O.J. Simpson was the great American football hero. Okay. And then he's accused of, you know, murdering two people. And he was found not guilty. Right. Okay. And And then how many years later he's accused of armed robbery and then he serves time and now he's out. I mean, this is a pretty fascinating story here. For for at least for the past, how many years was he locked up? Ten. For the past ten years, ain't really much been going on. I can tell well, and you. And that's what he said when the paparazzi <laughs> saw him. He's like, nothing has really changed. I mean, like, I don't really have much going on here. Exactly. He was in that same spot y'all left him 10 years ago. So why do we it, put it like this? Dudes get out of prison every day, B. <laughs> why do we care about this? Well, OJ is currently living in a 5,000, for those who care, 5,000 <laughs> square foot home in a private Las Vegas gated community hey. alongside a golf course. And he's actually been spotted out. Coughing, so you know he's well, he's his living his best life pretty, right now. It wasn't like you know his assets were seized. You know he earned all his assets legally, so they should still he should still come out. Yeah, so I'm glad Mr. Simpson is loose, well, well free, well, not loose. He's 
trying to lay low a little bit. So, you know, they're I saying will, that he's laying low. And, you know, fortunately, he has a really nice place to lay low in. So. But now, you know, them Goldman's been waiting on his ass, though. Yes, no, they, they and, like, and they uh, are planning to still seek mm, mm. damages from Mr. Simpson. Now, why, so. why is that amount keep getting higher and higher, though? <laughs> Have you noticed that? <laughs> like, as long as it goes, they took, well, boy, like, they find out, oh, you got even more money? Well, we want more money. Well, speaking of people wanting more from Mr. Simpson, uh, apparently there's someone that's trying to shoot their shot at OJ. Yeah, so Tokyo Tony, Black China's mom, she has let it be known that you know, Mr. Simpson can come uh, and join her. So uh, we can move on. Good, that, that, good luck with that. That, that took a whole turn that I wouldn't. I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just wait, saying. Hum, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Black China mama name is what? Tokyo Tony. Okay. I, I just want to make sure I heard that right. Yes, you heard Tokyo that right. and China. But you better listen. Don't go too hard on Tokyo Tony because she will sue you. Because yes, there was an incident on the Wendy Williams show yesterday. In which they were talking about Tokyo Tony, and actually the guest on the show was giving her a compliment. She was saying that she looked younger than her daughter, and apparently, I guess you know, you know, Wendy and her guests are sometimes they can be a little shady with their remarks. And Tony was not too pleased, and so she let it be known on Instagram that she does plan on filing a lawsuit. So you be careful what you say about Tokyo Tony, okay? Because I don't have time to be fighting lawsuits. All right. Yeah, I don't know too much about Japan over there. Uh, All right, guys. (laughs) Moving on to our next story. In case you haven't heard, Tyra Banks and her boyfriend have split after five years together. And, of course, you know, you guys are probably like, okay, why do we care about Tyra Banks and her boyfriend breaking up? Well, this is the father of her child. So if you guys remember, she actually had a child with a surrogate. And so he is the father of the child. So the breakup comes more than a year since it was first reported that the couple was struggling to keep their relationship afloat after the birth of their son named York. And the two met on the set of a Norwegian version of Top Model and began dating sometime after. But despite their relationship coming to an end, sources say that the split was drama free. So it appears that it was done amicably and that they are just going to co-parent and raise their son together. But they won't do it as a couple. And I guess after Top Model ended, I just didn't care about Tyra. Because not only did I know she didn't break up, I didn't know she had a. I didn't know this, bro. She, she, baby, when did this happen? Like, I guess I just didn't know much about Tyra. Yeah, they have a two year old child. Dang. The kid is two. It's yeah. always serious, so she couldn't have kids. So, no, she could not have children on her own. And speaking of that, uh-huh. we're going to actually go right into our next story regarding that. So, Gabrielle Union actually recently came out talking about her own fertility struggles and issues. And she said that she's actually had eight or nine miscarriages. And in two weeks, she will release her first ever memoir. It's titled, We're Going to Need More Wine, Stories That Are Funny, Complicated, and True. And she's going to go more into depth about those miscarriages. Wait, eight or nine? I mean, yeah, I yeah. Mean, the, you know, more power to you. After about the third one, I'm thinking like maybe this just ain't for me. How many times can you put yourself through that? Well, she recently said to People Magazine, she said, "Quote: I have had eight or nine miscarriages for three years. My body has been a prisoner of trying to get pregnant. I've either been going into an IVF cycle, in the middle of an IVF cycle, or coming out of an IVF cycle. And although the actress has opened up about." IVF before, she declined to really talk about the details that she's faced after failing these cycles. But throughout the heartbreaking trauma, she revealed that she actually is continuing to try and that she 
really wanted to try after becoming a stepmom to Dwayne Wade's children. She realized how much she enjoyed being a mother and she wanted to try it. So I guess it's that old, you know, God ain't going to bless no mess because how did you get Dwayne Wade? Okay, we're not going to go there. I'm just saying. All right, we're not going to go there. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap up our entertainment and celebrity news. I will end our part of that show because we're actually going to go into our topic for this evening. So we're talking about something very serious uh, tonight, and we're talking about mental health, which is a topic that a lot of people are not comfortable talking about. So when we come back, we're going to actually speak with a mental health professional and talk more about why people aren't comfortable talking about mental health. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. We are back on Unapologetic. And before we went to break, I was letting you guys know that we're talking about a very serious topic this evening. And we're talking about mental health. And I'm joined by someone that is actually a really good friend of mine. And I'm so glad that she took the time to join in on this conversation because she actually has a background specifically in this profession. She is a mental health professional. Her name is Xaviera Sorry, Xaviera Russell Garrett. She has a master's degree in community counseling with a certification in multicultural counseling. And she's also worked as a counselor in a college setting, working with students as well as with the general public. She has also had roles in the foster care system as a former foster care youth herself, as well as being an advocate, a therapist, and a foster parent. So welcome, Xaviera, to the show, guys. Thank you so much, Xaviera, for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, yes. So mental health is a subject that a lot of people are not comfortable talking about. Why do you think people are ashamed to talk about mental health? Well, I think if people are, it's it's more scary to them because if you have, you know, high blood pressure, you know, you use a machine, you know, and they pump it and say, okay, your blood pressure is high. Or they can run other tests and say, oh, you have cancer, you have this, you have that. Where with mental illness, illness is something you can't necessarily see. And um, I think a lot of people, there's a lot of shame that comes from. I don't want people to think I'm crazy. And I think there's just so much taboo behind it that it makes people not really want to talk about it. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Let's just keep it real. Black people have a problem talking about mental illness. I find in a you know African American community, you always just need you know a little Jesus, a little Oprah, a little prayer, and then it's gonna go away. You know, or that's a spirit. They always say you know it's a spirit in them. That's a demon. Why is it so much of that in the black community? Like, why is that such a, a stigma against you know mental health? And like, it's like they don't want to believe it. You know what I mean? Would you agree with that? Rather, no, I totally agree. I feel that. Um, in the African-American community that they look at it as a sign of weakness and we didn't have time to be down. We don't have time to be depressed. And so it doesn't exist, even though people are dealing with it every day. And so um, with me growing up in church, I heard the same thing. This is spirit of depression. This is spirit of whatever, whatever. And so with doing that, um, I think that's, that's where it is. They like, they, um, they just don't want to call it what it is. You know, they, they'll they run to the doctor for their, their sugar <laughs> and get, you know, the medicine. <laughs> but, you know, if it's somebody, they're like, oh, that's just crazy, such and such. That's, he always been like that or she always been like that. 
And it's sad. And I think a lot of people don't go out and get help because of that in African-American communities. And I, I, I agree with you there. I think we all in the family have had that, you know, one uncle or that or cousin that, or that, that. Uncle P. Right. You know, <laughs> that it's like, oh, you know, that's just crazy uncle so-and-so. But no one really takes the time to think about, okay, uncle so-and-so has a real health issue here. Like there's a real diagnosis behind his behavior. And why is it that no one really wants to talk about the fact that this person needs help instead of just saying, oh, you know, that's just crazy so-and-so. You know, they make it like it's not a big deal until something happens. happens. Exactly. So how, yeah. how do you combat that? Like, how do you deal with that in your profession? It's hard. <laughs> Actually, um, and I can say, like, I want to say maybe out of all the people that I've counseled over the years, I think I've maybe had maybe 10% be African-American. And they're usually my one. They come for a couple of sessions. They don't continue. Um, I have very rarely have had someone like maybe finish out their treatment plan. Do you think it's because they think that they're going to be labeled as crazy by their family members and their peers and their community? I do. And, um, and I think they, they don't have time. You know, a lot of time, um, a lot of people that I've worked with, they, you know, have been from, you know, low socioeconomic levels and, you know, money is an issue. And they're like, I don't have time to sit here for an hour and talk to you. I got to do this. and I got to do that. And I start focusing like you need this hour because if you have such and such kids at home or you doing this and you're doing that, you're not even taking time for yourself. So I started trying to change, change how they thought therapy is or what it is or counseling and Changes like, no, this is your me time. You have someone to come and talk to that don't have, they ain't going to put their two cents in. So that's a lot of times what they do also at Ask We go and we talk to each other. And you're really not, you're getting someone else's opinion and not really what can really be something that's helpful. Yeah, And, and I, so I try to spin it like you're, you know, helping yourself. It's a me time, taking care of yourself and not use so many labels. And I was going to say, I agree with you wholeheartedly because I'm guilty of this myself. And Rayshawn, I'm sure you've done it too, where we've had our own personal issues and we go to our family members or our friends, you know, or our peers, yeah, we, and we, we try we, to get the advice when we really probably should be talking to someone who doesn't have any prejudgments right. about us because and doesn't we, know anything about we us. We go to the people that we know are going to say the things that we may want to hear, right? Uh, that we know they're going to have our side, they're going to see it mm-hmm. our way, you know, and yes. you think... Think like you get you feel better after the conversation because you got it out, but did it really solve your problem? Right, nothing's resolved. Because I'm gonna be honest, you know, I'm gonna share <laughs> something. I you know, I, I go to therapy, you know, I enjoy it. Oh yes, you know, I, me I too. Proudly say yes, I go to therapy. Me too. And, uh, <laughs> right, right. Okay, we all go to therapy. Go. It's okay. <laughs> and I tried to explain to a good friend of mine because he just was not getting it. He was like, "Why are you go to therapy? Why are you go?" I don't. I said it is just an hour where I can just go. No one can form an opinion. They don't know me. Mm-hmm. They can't judge me. They can just only based on what I tell them, just give me some type of advice. And it's just like they're not basing it on anything but facts of what I'm just telling them. And I try to say it's just having a conversation. Like you said, we take time for everything else. Why don't we invest in our mental health? Like how, right. how, how do you combat that? Like how, how do you change like – People, not even just black people, because, you know, I, I just see it so prevalent in the black community, but people's mind, period, because I hate the term crazy. Like, what makes a person crazy? Let me ask a professional. What makes someone crazy? 
<laughs> you know, I just I, I don't really like the term crazy, but I think that we all have felt like we are at some point, just uh, in a sense of just like just not having control, not having like, control of your thoughts or having control on what's going on in your life, and and you're kind of is everything's chaotic, and in that in that time you feel like man, I don't got it together, and then crazy is just something that you know has been put there, but. You know, I think that in order for people to really go ahead and try to get help is to change those stigmas. Just like you said, you like that hour that you get to go and you talk to someone that's not judgmental. To put it, in, and that's what I do with my clients, to switch it over and let them know, like, hey, no, this is not about you. Any labels that they might come in with, their depression or whatever, um, that, no, this is just your time to talk to Girl, I don't know you. You don't know me. And... I don't have no pre-judgments. I don't have any pre-anything because I don't even know that person. So that's what I love about counseling is building this relationship with this person who I am actually really just there for them because I'm getting to really see who they are for just who they presented themselves as, not as who their mom will need them to be or, you know, a lot of times we have to play different roles and they don't have to play a role when they come. They close that door and that 50 minutes, they can be themselves. And do you find and get that whatever it out? <laughs> do, I was going to say, do you find that a lot of people um, end up in therapy or having issues because they do feel so much pressure from other people to live their lives a certain way and they can't really be who they are? Oh, definitely. I, I want to say I'm a, I want to say almost over half of the people is some other person, and a lot of it's like my mama my kids, my my family is yes, lots of pressure to be something and they need their pressure taken off. And a lot of times they release from their pressure. They don't need no medicine or anything. It's really just their life things that are going on. Mm-hmm. You know, or what they've had to grow up or how they had to grow up or um I work with a lot of youth and some of the teenagers I have, they have, you know, younger siblings and they've been put in an adult role. And I know all about that. I had six young siblings and I know you have a bigger family. Your, 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 your mama said, Hey, you, everybody got to help everybody, family, you know, you take care of your family. But I think sometimes when you do that, you put on extra pressure on someone young that doesn't need that pressure. Cause now they're kind of a parent because that's what they're doing. They're, they're parenting at a young age. And so not, they feel that pressure. And when they come to the, in the room, I'm like, Hey, no, you're not taking care of nobody. You're not taking care of your little sister, your little brother. It's about you today, all about you. And it, sometimes it's hard for them. It takes sessions after session for them to, them to grasp that they're actually, I'm actually there for just them. And that it's okay for it to be just about yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, whatever you want in here, there's no, there's nothing, you know, and there's no wrong answers. And you can say whatever it is you want to say. It's between me and you. We're going to stay in these walls. Okay, okay. Well, and even for adults, the same thing. I think that sometimes they don't want to say certain things. They're like, oh, well, you know, well, no, your friends ain't in here. The people at your job aren't here. Your family not here. Your friends ain't here. Just, just me and you. Right, right. Okay, well, Xavier, we're going to take a quick break. But uh, when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation and we're going to go more into depth about your own story because you have a unique story of your own that I think will help to inspire a lot of people out there. So don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to speak more with Xavier about mental health. 
We are back on Unapologetic, and that was Kendrick Lamar with DNA. And that's probably mm-hmm. an appropriate song because mm-hmm. sometimes your mental health is directly from your DNA. Now, we do have a very special guest on the line with us. Her name is Zaviera Russell Garrett, and she's actually a mental health professional. So we've been talking about mental health and how there are so many negative stigmas with having any type of mental illness and people making you feel like there's something wrong with you or that you're crazy. And like I just said, it could be in your DNA. There are so many different things that are attached to mental health that people don't discuss and Xavier, thank you again for being a guest on the show tonight. Are you still there? Oh, you're welcome. I'm still here. All right. Awesome. So I know you have a very unique story of your own, and I just kind of want to talk to you a little bit more about that so you can share your own story and how that led you into the mental health profession. So tell me about what led you into the mental health profession from your own you know, history in terms of growing up. Well, actually, you know, um, as you had mentioned in the intro, I'm a formal foster youth. So um, with me going into foster into foster care, it was um, um, I had been sexually and mentally and physically abused by um, my stepfather and it landed me into um, into foster care. And in foster care, they try to make sure that you're getting all the help that you need to deal with, you know, what got you into into foster care, which was the abuse. So I started counseling at about 11. Yeah, about 11 years old, um, I started going to counseling. And I say that counseling is really what saved my life. And um, I'll, I will never forget Miss um, Sharon. Um, she was my she was my therapist from hmm, probably about 7th to 12th grade, basically. And um, she was just wonderful. And as I got older and the more I worked with her, I was like, I want to do what she's doing because she never, I I felt safe. I had a safe place to go talk and I could tell someone what was going on without feeling ashamed. Um, a lot of times with abuse, especially sexual abuse, there's a lot of shame involved. Um, once you find out what was going on was wrong and you feel dirty and you feel just certain kinds of way. And I had this person who came and worked with me where I was and just kind of helped me process everything, why I feel down or why I feel scared or why I have nightmares and, and gave me positive ways to cope with it, which is one of the big things you do in therapy is you find positive ways to cope with things. Cause a lot of times we deal with things and if you were to go, not to go back to the black community, but sometimes they use drugs and alcohol and, and they have all these other types of abuse. And a lot of times it's underlying something happened and they never talked about it. So they use these other things to kind of mask it and cover it up and try to help them soothe where um, when you're talking about it, it kind of helps a little bit more than using those things. And so that's what happened. I had had an excellent therapist for a long time, and it worked. Mm -hmm. It really, truly, it really worked. Um, During the course of me going to therapy as a child, not only did I deal with the abuse and being separated from my mother, um, who happened to be disabled, she had multiple sclerosis, she was um, paralyzed from the neck down. So unfortunately, I couldn't even, my mother couldn't even help me. So I had to stay in foster care. So there was just so much going on as a child. I had to have someone to talk to that I could get it out. 
And and that's what I had with my counseling. And then in the midst, even my mother had died when I was 15. And I, I'm glad I had such a great um, relationship with my therapist. It really got me through probably one of the darkest hours of my life. And um, I just wanted to be able to do that for someone, to be there for them. And in fact, in therapy, one of the things that we as in school we're learning is how to build a relationship or technical term, build rapport with our clients. And, um, and then also having empathy, be able to put yourself in their shoes. Well, a lot of the people that I work with, I have really been in their shoes. And so I think it gives me even more empathy because I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, I don't know exactly how they're feeling, but I have a really good idea because I experienced, you know, some of those things. So um, that is kind of what got me into the mental health profession. Now, hearing that story, you know, and how it mental health has, like therapy really has benefited you in your life. You see what I'm saying? Like that, 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 that touched me. You see what I mean? And yes. how on a personal level does it make you feel when you hear such negative talk about therapy? Cause you are someone like I would use you as an example of how it, it, the system works, quote unquote, you know what I mean? How mm-hmm. it, it, it's not to make you feel bad about yourself. That's you doing that. That's you making you feel bad about going to therapy. And say, I don't like the term therapy. I rather prefer counseling. Cause that's all that it is. So when you mm-hmm. hear people say that, you know, as a professional and on the other side as someone who benefited from it, how does that really make you feel when you hear that, oh, I don't know therapy, that's for crazy people, or that doesn't work? Like, uh, how how do you deal with that? Well, you know, I'm a big advocate for it, really. I'll tell my story. I don't mind. I have nothing to be ashamed of. You know, I just, I'm tell, I just tell them. But, you know, it may not work for everything. It's just like they say, college ain't for everybody. Sometimes... Maybe that that type of environment is not necessary, but there's other terms of help they can get. Um, but for the most part, if you give it a chance, you don't have to be in it forever. Or sometimes even what people think, they were, oh, I got to go lay on the couch and tell someone all my, my business, you know. And no, it don't have to be like that. And so, it like, because it's helped me so much, it is kind of sad, especially um, from people I see like that are young. And especially now with just so much going in the world, um, they're getting so much from the Internet and from social media. They're, they're using social media as their diary where they really need to be doing it in someone's room, talking to a professional and not letting their peers in the world, you know, counsel them. Yeah, because I think if it was not such a stigma on therapy, we wouldn't have like Stephen, what's his name? Paddock, what, what was that guy's name? The Vegas guy. Yeah. whoever his name was, like, he needed help, obviously. You know what I mean? And right. like you just said, we turn a blind eye to so many things when it concerns mental health, and we just need more people, you know, talking about it, the benefits. Like, mm-hmm. like you, you have to continue to speak about the benefits of mental health. And I will also add to this, I think that it's important to identify when you see and hear certain things from people to actually encourage them to get help instead of making them feel bad about what they're doing. Because often people give you red flags and signs of things and people, you know, either choose to ignore them or they make them feel bad about those things. And then 
they wait until something tragic happens and then all of a sudden it's like a Vegas shooting. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> or, you know, any other thing that happens and it's like, oh, well, you know, I noticed they were acting kind of strange. Well, I noticed they were more, you know, quiet than usual. And it's like, well, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you encourage them to maybe talk to someone or seek some type of help? Because maybe you could have prevented something from happening. I'm just saying. That's just my opinion. No, that's 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 very true. A lot of times there are times um, and they either get ignored or it gets to be like, oh, that's just such and such. So she be all right in a couple of days or, you know, or like older people, they know, oh, she just got the blues. She be all right. A couple of days. No, she's depressed. And, you know, when people, a lot of the big signs is like there's a change in how they just do regular day things. Like, Hey, you know what? They're sleeping a lot more than what they used to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I noticed they ain't really eating. Oh, dang, they really eating, or you know, and it can be re- it can be things that are just you're just like, oh, they all right. But like, if it's going on for more than two weeks, there's something wrong. Right, and I'm glad. You know, you... yes, we all have a bad day, but you don't have bad weeks. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know? <laughs> you're, no, you're absolutely right. And I'm glad you brought up depression because I think depression is something that is so common. Uh, And it's more common than people think. And I think it's just, you know, brushed off a lot of times as, you know, like you said, like, oh, they'll be all right. You're just having a bad day. Just pray on it. If you pray on it, Mm -hmm. everything's going to be okay. Just believe and trust in God. Or it's a, oh, everybody has a bad day. People have worse cases than yours. It could be worse. I hate that one. (laughs) Right, right, right. It it could be worse. And it's like... Okay, yeah, yeah, it could be. But in this moment, I'm having my moment. Let now, me have it. What, what's right. so interesting mm-hmm. is I was going through a rough period in my life, very rough period in my life. And and I knew I was going through a rough period, and I knew I would be fine. And then, of course, I had everybody, oh, just pray. You're going to be all right. Just stay strong. Stacy was the only one. I ain't never get this. It was a long time ago, too. She said, no, nah, Rachel, <laughs> you're depressed. And I'm like, what? No, I'm not pretty happy. She said, no, 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 no. You are suffering from signs of clinical depression. I never thought I was. I still didn't think I was. I still don't think I was showing signs. Oh yeah, I don't think I was showing signs. But the fact when I but when I did kind of do my research on depression, I was like, yeah, I had that. I was that. I was that. And I'm like, it's so funny that all my other friends, black friends, I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you, they all said, mm-hmm. oh, you gonna be alright. You just having a bad day. You know, just pray about it. Hey, you praying about it? Give it to God, and don't over worry about it. Stacy's like, nah, you are clearly depressed. And it's so funny how you said that. I didn't even notice that. So, what are like because that that has to be like the most common thing. What, what would you say is the most common thing that you see coming? Like you've um, dealt with. Would it be depression or is it, or what? Uh, depression and anxiety. Okay, now what are some signs? Because like me, like I just thought I was just sad, but like I was clearly, you know, going through something. Like what are some mm-hmm. signs that people can see? Because like they don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes they don't know something's wrong. Like so how can a person that, you know, thinks something is wrong, like what would you tell that person? Am I making sense? Yes. Okay. I think he's asking what what are the signs and the symptoms there of a person that's suffering from yes. depression. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. And so, um, as I was saying, the major part of it is they're not doing what they usually do. Um, or, you know, or they're lacking 
black, whatever how you want to say it, just like it's not their norm. And, you know, they're a person that, you know, they're usually punctual and they, you know, get up and go. They're, you start to notice that, okay, they're kind of dragging or um, they um, just, you know, I'm trying to give more of like not so technical, but just more of just everyday things that you know. Well, okay, I can use myself. I'll sleep. Mm, I fine. will sleep. And I might not be down enough where I'm like, oh, I ain't going to work today, but I'm going to sleep until I got to go to work. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, everything that I might have wanted to get done, I might not have done. I'm like, oh, and I feel like it. Or that they don't want to do things they usually want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I like going to places like Dave and & Buster's, and everybody's like, hey, we want to Dave & Buster's, you know, we're going to have some fun, da da like, no, I'm good. You know, I'll catch y'all next time. So, you know, them changing how they use things they usually would do and not just like a one a day, two things. Like I said, sometimes you just have those days, but when consistently the, the big thing is about two weeks. If you know two weeks, you know, they ain't want to go to school. They're not going to want to go to work. They, you know, they're not really eating. They're not, you're not taking care of themselves. Um, their hygiene, um, you know, not you, their person, like usually their hair and nails be done. They be looking nice. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, you know, what are you doing? You know, hmm. so those normal, just really normal day life things where they're it's not doing it. It's not norm. They're normal anymore. Where it usually is. So you, it's something that, and I think that sometimes if it is like a day or thing, I'm like, oh, well, they like that the other day. They'd be all right. You know, they pop back. They, they're going to be back. All right. In a minute. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that's happening a lot, you know, Every couple of months, I notice that, you know, we don't see her for a week. Why? Hmm. You know, what's, what's going on? Now, how do you approach someone that you think possibly could, like, use their without them, you know, come? oh, no. Like, how or do being you, offended. Yeah, exactly. Like, how do you handle that, a loved one? Well, you know, I would approach it more of as, you know, Hey, Sally, you know, I see it at the family picnic. Or, you know, make it more of just, like, about them, but, like, you missed them or what was going on. Or, you know, I noticed that, um, but not, like, saying you look depressed or you look sad. Mm-hmm. Just pointing out something. Because a lot of times when people are depressed, they feel like they don't know my care mm-hmm. or they're all alone. Mm-hmm. So by you're taking some interest in them, you're letting them know that you care, that they're not alone. Or even just enjoy, I don't know, a big thing that um, my family that is close to me has done is um, one time I was really, really depressed. And um, it was crazy because it was like around my birthday. And anybody that knows me, my birthday is probably the, the one day of the year that I'm selfish. Like, I, it's all about me. I just love my birthday. And I love other people's birthdays, too. I'm just a birthday person. So on my birthday, you know, whatever. And I was just so depressed. I didn't even care about my birthday. Mm-hmm. And like I have friends and family, they brung over a cake, they brung over some pizza, and they got me out my room. And then even though all day I felt like crap, they kind of forced me to feel better in a way. Now did that so help like, you? Oh. But- and it did. It okay. really did because sometimes, a lot of times people will isolate. That's another sign, like isolation. And I'm like, that's my thing. I isolate. Because I'm like, oh, I don't want them to know that I'm sad. I don't want them to know that I'm, you know, so I just stay away. But you even notice that, like someone just staying away. They usually around while they staying away, mm-hmm. or making an excuse why they can't talk to you, or you know, or they can't do this, that, you know, isolation, and huge. You, and, and that's what I did. I isolated myself. And I hear that. And what I hate about this generation, we're so self-absorbed. That we don't even notice that. You know what I mean? We don't even notice, like, this person used to always be around and now they're not anymore. 
oh, I just take it like they doing their own thing. I'm doing my own thing. And it's like we need to come out of, I guess, that because it is so much. There's so many people suffering from some type of mental condition and they don't even know it. Well, one thing I can say, you know, I'm very transparent and I will say that I know that I have suffered from depression. And I remember isolating myself from some of my friends. And I do remember one particular friend was offended And instead of asking me, like, why haven't I spoken with you? This isn't normal. Is something going on? It was more, oh, you acting funny. You know, something's wrong with you. I mean, what's wrong? What what happened? Are we beefing now? And it's like, actually, it has nothing to do with you. This is about me. I really was trying to avoid dealing with my peers because I didn't want them to know that I was unhappy and that I had stuff going on. Because I'm the person, you know, I always, you know, Try to have it together. I'm the person I'm always going to put on the brave face. You know, you're never going to see me sweat. So no matter what I'm going through, I'm not going to let you see it. And so that was me trying to avoid dealing with someone who I knew knew me really well, who could read me. And so unfortunately, they took offense to it because they thought that I was, you know, avoiding them because they did something wrong. And I really wish that person would have just flat out asked me. And I would have just said, hey, this is what's been going on. It's not about you. But it's just going back to what Rayshawn just said. Sometimes, you know, we're, we're just selfish people. And I'm, I'm guilty of it. Sometimes, you know, you got a lot of your stuff going on and you don't have time to necessarily think about what someone else's struggle may be. But I do think it's important to show more compassion and recognize signs and not make it all about you. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about mental illness and ways that you can see help so that you don't have to be ashamed um, to go forward and, you know, seek help and get whatever type of relief that you need from whatever that you're suffering from. So, Xavier, don't go anywhere because we're going to come right back and continue this conversation. But for everyone else, we'll be right back. All right. We are back on Unapologetic, and that was Michael Jackson with Leave Me Alone. Interesting, Julie. Yes, so sometimes like you just want just people to leave you alone. The hell alone. Yes, and tonight we are talking about mental health. And so I'm sure we have all had those moments where we were frustrated and we just felt like we wanted to be alone. And we kind of talked about that um, before our last break. But, uh, Rayshawn, I know you had a point that you wanted to hop into. Xavier, are you still with us? Yes, I am. I got just one more question. This this is the last question of the night. Now, in your profession, because I'm going to keep it real with you, I don't tell my counselor everything out of fear of them judging me. Do you judge <laughs> your clients just a little bit? To be honest, now come on now, no, 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 don't lie. You know, I'm not going to say I judge them. I think sometimes I'm really concerned. Okay, you know I, about maybe that. behaviors that they're doing, okay. and I can't be like, "No, you know, you shouldn't be doing that." You know, so I'm not going to say judge. I just get worried that you know, if you know, sometimes people come at that last minute, you know, trying to get help. Because I know you said you're going to talk about that. Sometimes they wait, and then it's so much going on, you mm. know, and then they want, like, a quick fix, and there and there's no quick fix. Like, that's going to take some time, mm. you know, to sort through all that. And sometimes I just like, oh, no, man, I wish you would have came in 10 years ago. <laughs> you know? oh, <wow. laughs> 
All right, so for uh, those... I'm not going to say judge. Okay. No, judge. Well, good, good. Just concerns. I like that word. But yeah, this is a no-judgment zone here. <laughs> okay, so for those that, you know, are debating whether or not they should see a therapist or seek some type of professional help, what do you recommend? What first step would you recommend that they take? Well, you know, a first step is actually, you know, most people, you know, that, you know, take care of their, you know, physical health, they'll go, you know, to, you know, at least a physical every year. You know, even at your physical, they ask you some questions when you fill out your forms about your mental health. You know, you can, if you just feel comfortable, you have a family doctor that you've been working with for a long time, and you feel comfortable, you could just tell your regular doctor, and sometimes they can refer you, you know, to either where your insurance will take, and if you don't have um, insurance that cover mental health, because um, I even notice of myself sometimes with your insurance, they make it kind of expensive. <laughs> so, you know, maybe like community places that can be based on your income or even sometimes free where you can get help. You can usually get that from your doctor's, doctor's office um, as a first step. Um, if, and then, you know, I've been there not having health insurance <laughs> and not being to see the doctors regularly. Just seeking out mental health um, places in your community, your your counties. Um, majority of counties have, like, some type of mental health, community mental health. And a lot of times they have free or very low-cost services. And even if you're just going to be screened, you know, they have different, you know, it might be like you're asking, like, telling your life or asking a million questions. But those questions, they are you know, made to be, to be able to kind of point out what's going on okay. and what can be a way in which to get you some help. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Xavier, thank for you. being a guest tonight. <laughs> and I'm hoping... Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, and I'm hoping one day we're going to be able to tune into the Ask Xavier show. Ah, speaking to existence. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, yes, so that people yes. around the world can ask questions and seek some help because... You know, as we talked about all you know night and during this segment, so many people are afraid to yes. admit that they're struggling with mental health. I think health. every person should do counseling for six months at least. Yeah. Even if you don't think you need it, you should still just do it. Yeah, and that's the last thing I tell people. Like, you don't have to have to have a diagnosis or something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, life, right. shoot, life that's is hard. hard. Yes. In general. Yes. You, know, yes. you know, and then, you know, even without having some type of chemical imbalance or just having you know, um, a lot of things you're dealing with, just everyday life. You know, you could have just something happen. Maybe you lost a loved one or you lost a job or you just had a lot of changes. Well, you live in the Trump just era. Go check in with somebody. Yeah, <laughs> right. But, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> you know stress, just, anxiety, so all of those things. Right. I was going to say stress, anxiety. Those, you know, things are real. Those are everyday things that people deal with. And sometimes, you know, they just wrap it up into, oh, well, that's just life. That's and just it's life. like, okay, yeah, it's a part of life. But guess what? Oh. There are resources out there to help you Deal with that. Deal with life. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Deal with life to be able to cope the with. The black folks, you know, God put therapists life. here for a reason. Yes. Okay? Say, say that one more time. Yes. Black folks, Mother Mother Jenkins over there while you preparing the meal for Sunday dinner, I want you to know God put therapists here for a reason. So don't just say yes. that your brother is just crazy. That's just how Pete is. No, Pete needs some help. Okay, God put people here to help your brother Pete, so he ain't crazy locked up in the room with the TV filled with cash all day. Okay. <laughs> oh gosh, he's quoting so full, guys. Oh all goodness. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again, Xaviera, for joining us, and thank you to all of our listeners out there for tuning in. So, yes. in case you guys missed last week's show, I want to let you guys know that we will only be airing our episodes the 
first Thursday of every oh. month. I know, I know. But first Thursday of every month, you can tune oh, in change, to Unapologetic. Okay, guys? So yeah. first Thursday every month, 7 p.m., same time. So thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you guys taking the time to listen because you could have been doing anything else, but, but you, you are here with us. Kicking it with us. So thank you. So you guys have a great rest of the week, and we will talk to you guys in a month. Peace, Peace out. out.